For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining us here as we wrap up the week with this Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today, which is brought to you by Sports Ethos. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. For those of you who have not already done so, you guys can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit the follow button there. You get the links to the shows as soon as they go out, as well as other threads I post, some of them on a daily basis, some of them on a weekly basis. Other notes, uh, some retweets, other thoughts throughout the day. We've gotten up. uh, We're closing in on 650 followers over on Twitter. And we had zero when we started this out. So thank you guys so much who have already gone ahead and followed. For those of you who have not followed already, we hope to convince you today and going forward that it will be a worthwhile follow. While we have you here, go ahead and hit the five-star review button, whether it be on Apple, Google, Spotify, however it is you get our show really appreciate you showing some support by uh, dropping a five-star review. Help us move up in search results. Let us get into some of the major performances from yesterday. And there were some really big offensive performances here. A couple of nice pitching lines as well. But we're going to start off with, uh, I think, the most impressive line from yesterday. And that was Giancarlo Stanton. He went three for four. He had a base hit. He had a couple of long balls. I think they were both off of Dylan Cease. Three runs scored. He's knocked in six runs, and he also had a walk. Whether, whatever, regardless of format, Stanton was incredibly valuable. On the Yahoo side, he returned 43.1 fantasy points there, so a huge boost. Uh, even if you're in a category league, he gives you a huge boost in home runs, RBIs, runs there. Really uh, an excellent day for Giancarlo Stanton, and he has really had an excellent year to this point. There were uh, times last year when he struggled a little bit, especially in the early middle part of the year. This year so far... We've seen him get off to a really great start, and we know he's capable of putting up 50 home runs. Uh, probably not going to get there at this point in his career, but I can easily see him getting to 40 home runs. And you, we saw it last year, uh, especially, I'm going to say like August-ish, August heading into September, he went on a complete tear, and <clears throat> he was pretty much an impossible out at that point in the season. Uh, he ended up in the second half hitting it was close to 20 home runs what he got, uh, what he produced for you in the second half last year. And all of this to say, we know, especially from his days on the Marlins, how powerful he can be. So a two-home run performance last night, six RBIs, pretty much in line with uh, Giancarlo Stanton that we know. He has four home runs over his last four games. He's driven in 11 runs over that period of time. And he has, to this point, uh, been one of the better players in fantasy. So especially with the power numbers, the nine home runs, the 28 RBIs, He's been a fantastic asset for you this year so far. We had another multi-home run performance last night. Uh, This is from someone who I have quite a few shares on, so I was very happy for this performance. Jordan Alvarez went three for five. 
had a double, had a couple of homers, scored obviously those two runs on the homers, and he drove in three runs. 35 and a half points on the Yahoo side. He was really uh, an excellent, an, really stupidly phrased by me there. He put on an excellent performance last night, and he does now have 10 home runs on the season. It's really weird that he only has 19 RBIs, especially with that lineup you would have thought would be a little bit more. But at least he's not Juan Soto, who's got eight home runs and only has driven in 11. Juan Soto yesterday also uh, went yard, also had a double. Really nice performance for him there. And we had a lot of big offensive performances, and there was obviously a few Yankees there with them putting up 15 runs. Uh, Aaron Judge as well, he went two for four. He hit a home run. He scored three times and knocked in four runs. Also really fantastic stuff out of him. DJ LeMahieu, three for five with a single, a couple of doubles, an RBI. And Josh Donaldson. Uh, went two for five with a single and a homer and knocked in three runs himself. So pretty much uh, all the guys you expect to produce at the top of that Yankees lineup had a fantastic day yesterday. And, you know, Dylan Cease was the opposing pitcher, and he had one of the more unique stat lines that you're going to see probably this year. He only went four innings, and he gave up six earned runs. And on the surface, you look at that, and he walked a couple of guys, gave up six hits. You'd look at that, and you'd say it was, it was, it was a brutal start. And while I do agree with you for the most part, it was a pretty rough outing. He did strike out 11 batters over four innings, and he tied his teammate from last year, Carlos Rodon, I believe is the only players in Major League history to go four innings or fewer and strike out at least 11 batters. So obviously, a completely elite strikeout numbers from him. He averages 13.74 strikeouts per nine innings to this point on the season. And that is obviously his, his major category there. That's his main contribution is strikeouts. And yes, the ERA uh, is not bad, especially after yesterday. You'd expect it to go up, and it did. But it's only up to 3.55. So despite the really rough outing, uh, he, from what he's willing to give you, from what he's willing, from what he's going to give you uh, in terms of strikeouts and in terms of being on a very good team that has started to find themselves after a bit of a rough couple of weeks stretch there, we are seeing uh, a good version of Dylan Cease. Despite the home runs, yeah, it's going to happen. Guys like Judge and Stanton and Donaldson, they're going to take you yard. It's unfortunate that it'll happen in the same game for him. But, you know, you're not going to get too upset. And obviously not all of those were hit against him. But it was a tough day for the White Sox pitching staff, and he is no exception. So despite the 11 strikeouts, yeah, it's a bit of a tough line. But you definitely feel a little bit better because of the strikeout numbers there. He's definitely uh, put you in a good place for your weekly matchups in terms of strikeouts. Connor Overton, uh, someone we talked about a little bit on the show yesterday. I wasn't really convinced that you needed to use an ad on him. And he actually had a pretty good performance here against the Pirates. He went six in the third. He gave up only three hits. And he walked four, which is not fantastic, especially when you consider he only struck out one batter. But he did give you six in the third of shutout ball. And he did get the victory for you. So regardless of format, a very nice outing from Connor Overton. And don't look now. It's uh, it's very early. And we're only through uh, about 15, just over 15 innings with him. But his ERA is at 1.59. So someone to keep an eye on. I'm not really going to be too interested at this point. But keep an eye on Connor Overton. See uh, what he does his next time out. I'm not 100% sure who it will be against. Uh, I think the Guardians. It looks like it'll be against the Guardians. So not a bad matchup. The Guardians definitely know how to put the ball in play. But on the whole, they don't scare me too much as an offense. So it might be interesting to use him as a stream there. It should be, I believe, next Wednesday he'll be getting that start. So something to keep in mind for next week. And we'll talk about it as uh, that approaches next week. We'll talk about it probably next Tuesday or so, the day before, maybe on Monday. 
he's an interesting play. Uh, he's not someone I would go ahead and jump to add right now, but he's definitely an interesting play to keep in the back of your head. Stephen Matz also had a very good outing yesterday. He went six and two thirds, striking out seven and giving up three earned runs. Unfortunately, he did take the loss because his team was only able to score two runs here. But overall, I'm very happy with the outing from Stephen Matz. He's someone who the ERA, I don't think, really tells the full picture on. He's had a couple of awful starts. The first start of the year against Pittsburgh, he gave up seven earned runs. And then against San Francisco, his last time out before this, he gave up eight earned runs. So the ERA is very inflated. In the starts, other than that, he's given up zero, one, zero, four, and three earned runs. So a lot more uh, league average in terms of the ERA there. And I know ERA can be a very deceiving stat, but it does generally tell you how a guy's done. It does... For the most part, it, there are, you know, some uh, it, some factors there that are maybe out of the pitcher's control. If there's a big ballpark, a small ballpark, uh, the, depending on how the defense performs, it can really impact um, the pitcher's ERA. Now, I'm probably going to be looking uh, to go and grab Steven Matz in a lot of cases because he's not going to be very expensive. He's going to be someone who is going to be on a lot of waiver wires, I would imagine. And even if you have to trade for him, I think he's a decent buy low candidate. Not that I'd be selling um, anybody really worth too much, but he's not going to be very highly valued, I would imagine, in fantasy leagues at this point. So there's definitely an opportunity to get an above average strikeout pitcher uh, at a bit of a discount here, pitching for a good team. So Steven Matz, good start. Uh, a little overall disappointing to start the year, yes. But like I said, there's a couple of bad <clears throat> starts that kind of belie the entire picture. They don't really tell you how he's been doing so a couple of bad starts a couple of very good ones on the whole i'm still in on steven Matz. no worries there uh Taywan walker also had a very good performance and we talked about him yesterday how i was biting myself personally uh kind of a mixed bag the earned runs this year and his starts have been zero 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 and six so you're not really a, totally sure what you're going to be getting out of him yes it was a good matchup against washington and he went seven strong and got the victory, only giving up three hits. Now, the only problem on the other side of that is that he struck out only one batter. So, good outing. Yes, got the victory. And kind of similar to uh, Connor Overton here. Good good outings. They didn't kill them with the pitches. Uh, Walker went 85, Overton threw 91. And, you know, Walker is someone who is interesting matchup-wise going forward. I don't love him, and he is prone to getting knocked around a little bit. But those first three starts of the year all took place against the Phillies. So there is some familiarity that gets built up as you face the same team over and over again. I mean, you figure it works both ways. You figure out things that the batters are maybe missing consistently. They they take the first pitch every time or they don't swing at the outside curveball. Whatever, whatever the case may be, you tend to pick up on each other's tendencies. So, yes, you'll probably face the Phillies a few more times being in the same division, but I'm not sure we got an accurate picture of him necessarily in those first few starts. I don't think he's great. And he's definitely not going to help you too much in terms of strikeouts. The last, I mean, his four starts on the year, one strikeout, two strikeout, one strikeout, four strikeouts. Not going to be a contributor in that category. On the whole, for percentages, I think he's all right to stream in certain matchups, but I don't think he's must roster. So an interesting play in certain cases, but on the whole, uh, he's not not a must-add guy, but definitely interesting what we've seen from Taiwan. We know he can be very good. He was very good early on last year, and then he hit a wall, and he never really recovered after that. He was fine down the stretch, but nothing to write home about early on. He had very, very high value early on in the season, and 
he was a massive sell high kind of candidate last year, and then he kind of he kind of fell off. So you're not going to be able to sell high on him. He's on a lot of waiver wires at this point, but he's someone to keep an eye on to see uh, specifically for good matchups going forward what we can uh, what we can maybe expect from him. So he's someone to keep an eye on, put him on your watch list, and maybe just see how it goes. But not not a priority add by any stretch of the imagination. Probably the best start, uh, in terms of fantasy points anyway, yesterday, the best start was probably Luis Garcia, who went five innings, struck out nine, uh, shut out ball, he, he walked two guys and gave up five hits. The pitch count was a little bit up uh, at 95 pitches. Through five innings, that's not what you'd really want to see, but you got a good outing, you got the victory here from Garcia, so no, no problems there. 30.7 fantasy points is very serviceable for a pitcher. And he wasn't too expensive yesterday. And if you did use him in DFS, uh, he was 42. I've had a lot of family stuff going on recently. I have a sick relative, so it's been uh, a little bit tough to get as much content out there as I've wanted to. But there will be a DFS show today on the DFS pod channel. So um, probably a couple hours after this goes out, that one will go out. I'm just going to do a bit more research on the DFS side. And my apologies. There's only been one show this week. It's just been a bit of a hectic uh, personal time for me. So Apologies there. <clears throat> I hope to be giving you guys more and more content. And like I said yesterday, uh, I will be having an article debut for sportsethos.com this Sunday. So I will share out the link. I hope you guys will read it and share it out yourselves. Hope to um, really start making a name for myself in this industry. I hope I'm a journalism major. So I'd really like to uh, turn this into a career, a sports media career. Not that I uh, have much else that seems to be like a prospect for me. I mean, writing is what I do. Sports is what I do. So this is a nice mix of of a career path for me. Hopefully we can uh, make it work. So the writing stuff should be coming out once a week, typically on the Sunday, I would imagine, maybe on a Saturday, depending on the week. But it'll be a weekend recap of the stuff that we saw throughout the week and the stuff that we are probably going to see for the following week. So we'll be looking at things. Um, it won't be the same every week, but we'll be looking at two start starters, uh, maybe batters who play seven games as opposed to five. So if you have a fringe guy on a team that has a couple days off, maybe you cut him for a guy playing seven games, maybe even eight if they have a double header. So we'll be looking at little pieces of advice that'll help you going forward in your week. Guys who are must roster players who are on rostered in under 50% of leagues and guys who are rostered in over 50% of leagues who you can probably say goodbye to. So we're going to be trying to give you a full recap of the Fantasy Week and, of course, looking forward to the week ahead. So hope you guys are going to be tuning in uh, to Sports Ethos on Sunday to get that article. I will, of course, share it out on Twitter, and hopefully we'll get some other guys from Ethos resharing it as well. Anyway, I hope uh, hope you guys enjoy that because I've been starting to work on it, and it should be a pretty good article. So... Fingers crossed that it'll be up to standards for you guys. But uh, anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on and we'll take a look at today's games. And we don't have anything going until tonight. We have a clean day, which is why the show will be coming to you a little bit later. We have everything starting 6.35 p.m. or later. And the first start of the evening is going to be, or the first game of the evening, is going to be Tyler Molly and Mitch Keller going up at PNC. It's Pittsburgh and Cincinnati here. Not really too interested in either of these guys. Tyler Molly, man, he has been really, really disappointing. Last time out was a bit better. Did give up a couple of early runs last time out, but he did settle in okay. I'd like to see him have a very good start here. I mean, goes without saying, we'd like to see everybody have a good start. But he really needs to have a good start here or people are going to start to give up on him. He's not someone I've given up on yet. 
And I'm thinking he'll probably be a trade candidate throughout the year because the Reds, it's a miracle they've won eight games to this point. They've had a good stretch recently where they've won a couple. Uh, they won their series against the Brewers, which was kind of shocking. And they won their series against the Pirates, their previous one. So things have been looking all right for the Reds here. But at the end of the day, they're not going to compete. Guys like Molly, um, he's, he's the main one I see as being a trade target out of Cincinnati. Molly, and then, I mean, maybe a Luis Castillo. Depending on how much they really tear this down, I'd say Jonathan India is probably not going to be touched. And Tyler Stevenson's probably not going to be touched. Other than that, pretty much I'd say everybody's on the table. So I'm looking forward to possibly getting Molly out of Cincinnati for rest of season purposes. Uh, anyway, I think that would benefit him for today. Like I said, uh, last time out against Pittsburgh, he got roughed up a little bit early on and then settled into a decent rhythm over five innings. We'd like to see him have a better outing than that even because, you know, I think manager's patience is wearing thin. And even if he gives up three runs, four runs, something like that, like that would might be enough to make some people drop him. I'm not going to be dropping him just yet. I have optimism that throughout the year he will turn it around. But we need to see a better performance than we have here. I fully expect him at some point to turn it around. I'm not sure if that will be here or not. Pittsburgh's offense has by no means been great. They're, they're fine. Um, but... No, nothing to really work. They're more middle of the pack, lower middle of the pack offense. So he needs to be able to figure it out here. That That's just what it comes down to. Uh, Mitch Keller, his counterpart here, not somebody I'm going to be interested in. He has been very hit or miss, mostly miss this year. He's kind of been rotating good and bad starts. And I mean, based on that, this is, he is due for one of his good starts. He had good start, bad start, good start, bad start, good start. Yeah. Going back, looking at it, uh, he's not somebody who's going to be worth an ad here. The ERA sits over six on the year. Walks a decent amount of batters. Uh, gives up not too many home runs, but I'm not going to be interested in using an ad here on Mitch Keller. At this point in the week, you really have to be careful with your ads. Something I've talked about going into the weekend. And I'll probably do a thread either tonight or tomorrow about guys who can help you out in specific categories for ads. But going into your weekend... You need to be very certain about your categories, or I mean, as certain as you can be in this finicky uh, fantasy world we live in. It really is a fantasy world, right? Uh, it's not real. <laughs> you need to be keeping an eye on your categories, knowing where you stand. And really, there's not a situation I could see where you'd want to add Keller. I mean, maybe you're in a very competitive strikeout week and you just need that extra little bump. Uh, I wouldn't really recommend it. He's not a major strikeout guy. Uh, he, he's given you as many as seven this year, and he's given you as few as one. So there's not really any situation where I would go after Mitch Keller. He's uh, The matchup's pretty nice, but overall, uh, I'm going to be staying away from this matchup in general. Next game of the night, this is going to be a treat. Corbin Burns and Pablo Lopez, the two arguable front runners. Maybe Carlos Rodon, you throw him in there. But two of the front runners for the National League Cy Young to this point in the season. This one should be a lot of fun. Obviously, these guys are already on rosters, and obviously you're going to be deploying them if you have them, so we won't spend too much time on it. Really great pitching matchup. This is probably the game of the night for me to watch here. Uh, the next game is the Astros and the Nationals, and another pretty good pitching matchup here, Framber Valdez and Josiah Gray. Both of these guys should be pretty all right to deploy. Gray, yes, he's been a little bit hit or miss on the year, but overall, I really like his profile couple of down strikeout games in a row for him. Only three and three his last two times out against the Angels and the Giants, respectively. 
he should be more of a 7-10 to 10 strikeout guy every time he hits the bump. So I'll look for that number to turn around a little bit here. I'm pretty okay using an ad on him if he's available. He's someone who's kind of, it depends on the seriousness of your league. There's a lot of leagues where he's still available, but they're typically not more uh, competitive leagues. In more of the competitive leagues, he's been scooped up. But if he's available, or if you have him already, I feel pretty good about using him here against the Astros. Yes, good lineup, good good team in the Astros. But I, I like Josiah Gray's stuff quite a bit. I think he can. I think he can be successful here tonight. Fran Valdez on the other side, also a very good option here. We know what the Nationals' offense is. It's pretty much Juan Soto and Josh Bell, and then that's it. Last three starts, he's gone six innings in each of them. Uh, earned runs have been two, three, and zero in those three starts. Yeah, he had a rough start before that against the Angels, but that's pretty much his only rough start of the year. Uh, th- other than that six earned run game, the three earned runs he gave up at Toronto is the most he's given up. And you give him a pass for a tough team in Toronto there. So yeah, for Amber Valdez, I uh, feel totally good starting him here tonight. Next game is the Mariners at the Mets. We have Marco Gonzalez and Max Scherzer. Obviously, Mad Max, you're going to be deploying him. Great matchup here. Fantastic pitcher. And, you know, we talked about Cy Young candidates. Uh, Max always seems to be in that conversation by the end of the year. So right now, there's a couple of guys who have been doing better than him. Burns, Rodon, and Lopez mainly are the ones that come to mind. But uh, Mad Max is always pretty much in that Cy Young conversation. So look... Uh, excuse me, look for Max to have what is typically, uh, what will be a typical Scherzer start, I would imagine here. Six, seven innings, massive strikeouts, maybe a run or two given up, but feel very good about him here. Marco Gonzalez, I do not feel particularly good about. Uh, very tough matchup going into uh, City Field here to face the Mets. I'm not thrilled with what he's done so far this year. He's been okay. Um, pretty much what you expected. A lot of home runs, though, fairly low strikeouts. Uh, there's a lot of power in that in that Mets lineup. So Marco Gonzalez is not a recommended play for me tonight. Let's move on to the Orioles and the Tigers. I know I'm sure the ratings for this one are going to be through the roof. Jordan Lyles and Eduardo Rodriguez. So we talked a little bit on Twitter this morning about Jordan Lyles. I feel good about using him here. He's had a couple of good starts in a row, and he's going up against a, a very poor offense in a very pitcher-friendly park. So Jordan Lyles, I feel pretty good about using here. Eduardo Rodriguez is coming off a pretty solid start against Houston. He went six and two-thirds and just gave up a one hit, and it was a home run. And he struck out eight. Really good stuff. And I'm all right using him here. Uh, You guys know how I feel about Eduardo Rodriguez. Not a big fan of his. I don't think he's ever really been much of a fantasy asset. I think this is a fine matchup to use him in if you still have him. I probably wouldn't go and use an ad because I just don't have a lot of faith in him. Uh, If he is on waiver wires, he's Pretty highly rostered still, and I don't really understand that he's in like the high 70s for roster percentage. So overall, I'm probably not going to be too uh, worried about him if I have him using him here. But I'm not going to go out of my way to put him in my lineups for today. Let's put it that way. Let's move on here. Another good pitching matchup. We have you, Darvish, and Max Freed. Max Freed is really one of the more... I'm, he's not really talked about... Outside. I mean, you see his name mentioned on Twitter and in... like baseball circles, but he's really should be more of a household name than he is. Uh, really one of the better pitchers, specifically in the National League, but all across baseball as well. Uh, he just goes out there every time. He gives you six, seven innings. He gives up like one run, and he strikes up like seven guys. Uh, that's pretty pretty much Max Freed in a nutshell every time. That's what he's going to give you. So every start of the year, pretty much you're going to be good using Max Freed here. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a tough matchup against San Diego, but I don't have any problem using Max Freed here. 
Hugh Darvish is a little bit of a different story. Now, if you just looked on the surface and you looked at the ERA and everything, it looks all right. He looks not too bad. Um, the thing with Hugh Darvish is that if you look at the advanced stats, if you look baseball savant, wherever you look, baseball reference, fan graphs, they're not in his favor. There's really nothing that's looking, uh, not, no positives in his game really to this point in the year. Strikeout numbers are down. Walk numbers are a little bit up. Uh, he's given up about what you'd expect in terms of earned runs and innings. The ERA being at about four is maybe about where you would have expected it. But at age 34, or, sorry, 35, I'm not too confident that he's going to have a ton of value. So I'm probably, depending on depending on matchups here, I have you, Darvish, in a couple of leagues. And there's one league where I'm going to be starting him because my ERA in that league is, is a total disaster because of Tyler McGill, um, Brandon Woodruff, that league. Uh, Jordan Romano's only appearance got roughed up in that league. Uh, not really anything of note so far this week. So... My ERA in that particular league is sitting at 7.64. I got nothing to lose. You Darvish is going out there tonight. I've already pretty much locked up strikeouts. Uh, whip is still in question, and wins are still in question. It's a 2-1 lead. I haven't wins this week. So, yeah, I'm throwing Darvish out there. Another league where I have you Darvish in, my ERA sits at 2.67. So, yeah, uh, I'm winning in whip, and I'm winning in ERA, and I'm winning in strikeouts. <clears throat> I could use a win in this particular league. But I'm not going to risk everything else, specifically the ERA and the whip, on you, Darvish, here. I'm not totally sold that we are going to get uh, good performances going forward from him. And like I like I preach here pretty much throughout the week, but specifically closer to the end of the week, look at your categories and make judgments based on that, right? Like I just said, if your ERA is already shot to hell, like I have in that league where it's over seven, you don't have much to lose by sending him out there, especially if you're down a win or you're down six strikeouts or something like that. Yeah, you can go out there and he can strike out double-digit guys. Probably not going to happen too often going forward, but he is capable of having major strikeout numbers. So even if he gives you seven, eight, he can do that. Maybe 10 is pushing it a little bit, but he's capable of doing that. So if you need strikeouts, if you need a win, then I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm okay using him there. If you're trying to lower your ERA and your whip, you're playing with fire. That, that's what I'm going to say. You're playing with fire, and it's probably not uh, a suggested play there. I'm not going to be suggesting it anyway. Let's talk about the Blue Jays and the Rays here. And Kevin Gosman, uh, my God, as a Jays fan, I, I am so thrilled we have Kevin Gosman. He's walked one batter in 38 innings, and he struck out 46. A lot of people talk about all you need, really, to evaluate a player. If you want to just do bare bones and you don't want to spend a lot of time doing research, and there's sometimes you want to just have a quick picture of what a guy is. Maybe you're running down to the wire, uh, you know, 10 minutes before game time, and you need to add a guy. And, and that would be a case of a league where you don't use waivers, which I kind of prefer, uh, where you don't use waivers, where you just, you know, a guy gets scratched, you just pick someone else up in his place. So in that kind of situation, and it doesn't have to be that kind of situation, maybe you just want to have a quick evaluation of a player and you don't want to spend a lot of time Having a quick look at how many guys they've walked and how many guys they've struck out is a major indicator of how they've performed. So sometimes ERA and other numbers can be a little bit deceiving. Generally, I, I trust ERA for the most part. I mean, sometimes sometimes it'll lie to you a little bit. Like you'll see um, with the Steven Matz, like we were talking about earlier, a couple of bad starts, and it looks like he's had a bad entire year. So it's not the most accurate picture always. ERA, that is. 
Uh, Strikeout to walk is pretty reliable if you're just looking for how accurate my guy is. Is he able to get guys out? Um, you know, strikeout and walk rate mixed with ERA there, expected ERA as well, uh, can really help you in evaluating a player. So, gone on a bit of a tangent there. But Kevin Gosman, uh, to this point, would probably be my pick for the American League Cy Young. And yes, I'm prone to a little bit of Toronto bias. You could argue Logan Gilbert. Um, I don't know who else you would argue other than those two guys really in the American League. Those are probably the front runners, I would say. Um, Nestor Cortez, Justin Verlander as well, Alec Manoa. My favorites, and even Shane McClanahan. So uh, there, there's a few options for sure. I'm going to say at this point, Osman has been probably the best pitcher in the American League. So absolutely, uh, it's going to go without saying, but you're obviously starting him here tonight. Uh, a, a, lot, a lot of talk just for me to actually say you're starting him, yeah. But it goes to more of the general philosophy of adding and dropping players and streaming pitchers in particular. Um, if you don't want to spend a lot of time and go through a bunch of advanced stats and look at the guy's whole career worth of numbers, then look at the strikeout-to-walk rate this year, specifically over their last few starts, and see how... See how they've done. And that's a good, quick, easy way of seeing, is this guy effective or not? Drew Rasmussen will be facing him uh, here. And he's been really good, actually, Drew Rasmussen. He's not somebody who I'm going to be adding here because, yes, we know what the Toronto offense can do. They've been kind of down this year, the Toronto offense, no question. But they've still got a very dangerous lineup. And Drew Rasmussen, some of the underlying numbers are a little more concerning. The expected ERA is quite a bit above the actual ERA uh, not not crazy high, but like half a run, more than half a run higher. So I'm not I'm not totally sold on on using an ad here. I'm probably not going to be using an ad. And again, like I always say, look at your needs, look at what you need this week, and see see if it makes sense to you. See if you need the extra boost. See if you need a potential for a win. Overall, uh, I'm not really going to be interested in using Rasmussen there. Let us move on. The next game we have is the Rangers and the Red Sox. A couple of interesting streaming options going uh, head-to-toe, to going toe-to-toe here. Nick Pavetta and Dane Dunning. So Pavetta, for me, is more of a guy where if you need a strikeout boost this week, then he should be a decent play. Uh, he can go, again, probably not, but he can. He's capable of going double-digit strikeouts. His last time, he went for eight strikeouts. He has other performances this year of six and five. So he is a good strikeout option if you need it. I'm not totally convinced about the other categories if your other categories are pretty much already squared away. One bad start can ruin it, but it's a pretty okay matchup here against Texas. So I'm not too worried about using Pavetta. He's overall, I would cautiously say he's okay to add. He's not like a favorite of mine or anything to add for tonight, but he's definitely a decent option. Dane Dunning is kind of in the same boat. Uh, I, I like him okay, but uh, the numbers, the underlying numbers don't really support um, what we've actually seen from him to this point in the year. So it's a pretty good matchup. The Red Sox have been faltering. Uh, They've been really disappointed at this point in the year. He's an all right stream for today, Dunning. Uh, there are better options, I think. But he's not a bad option here if uh, if push comes to shove and you have nobody else to add and you really need a pitcher today, then he's not a bad option. Neither of them are terrible options, but neither of them would be my would be my preferred choice either. Uh, let's move on here. The Guardians and the Twins is the next game. And as far as I know, this game is going to happen. There was the COVID stuff going on um, with the Guardians 
And if you look at the injuries uh, for today, they have a ton of injuries, a uh, ton of guys who will be missing the game. So we'll see if um, we'll see if it ends up going on. I'm not totally convinced it will or it won't. I really, honestly, don't know. And I'm just seeing as I look at the Twins, uh, Chris Paddock is on the 60-day IL. They've put him on the 60-day. I didn't see that move yesterday. Uh, it's a procedural move. Oh, man, he's going to be out to the All-Star break. That's tough. Uh, that's really tough for the Twins for Chris Paddock. I thought he was pretty all right. Yeah, the Oakland start recently was tough. But before that, he had a pretty good year. So uh, that's tough news for Chris Paddock. Uh, in terms of today, we got Aaron Savali and Sonny Gray. Savali, no, uh, no faith in him to this point of the year. Uh, he's really not been successful. Every game he's given up at least three earned runs. I, going back to the first start against Kansas where he was pretty okay. Uh, after that, three, six, six, and four earned runs. Not a major strikeout guy despite the eight he had last time out. That was kind of a deceiving number there against the Jays. No need to add Savali here. He's going to be going up against Sonny Gray. And I think there is definitely uh, definitely room for Sonny Gray on most rosters. Now, he hasn't really got stretched out, obviously. Uh, he pitched a couple of games early in the year, hit the IL, and he came back and threw four innings last time against Oakland. Two-hit ball where he struck out seven. Really nice stuff from Sonny Gray. If he's available in your leagues, I'm fine with adding him. I'm fine with adding him and using him here. Again, he's probably uh, not available in too many leagues, but... If he is available, I think he's a pretty decent play today. He's rostered he's rostered in 85% of leagues. I'm surprised the number's that high. So, okay, most leagues he's not going to be available. If he is, I think he's a pretty decent play for today. I'm surprised it's that high, the roster percentage for him. Uh, let's keep it going here. We have the Yankees and the White Sox. Garrett Cole and Vince Velasquez. So, Garrett Cole, yeah, obviously, Garrett Cole, you're going to be starting him. He's turned it around. Uh, we really have seen a better Garrett Cole than these first few starts. There was a bit of a buy low window on him earlier in the year when he had a couple of rough outings against Toronto, against Detroit. And I mean, they weren't really rough, but for his standards, they were kind of rough. So any buy uh, low window on him has closed now. That being said, uh, really good opportunity here for him to keep up his good streak. White Sox have been a tough team recently, for sure. They've definitely gotten better than they were earlier on in the season. They've They've only got a 500 record, but they did have quite a win streak going there for a while. And they did lose pretty big time yesterday, but before that, they'd had a pretty good run of it. So tough matchup for Garrett Cole, but obviously you're going to be deploying him here if you have him. Vince Velasquez on the other side, uh, with how the Yankees have been performing, I don't know that I can justify saying he's worth an ad. He's had a couple of good starts in a row at Boston and at home against the Angels. But with how hot the Yankees have been, I don't think it makes much sense to use an ad there. Let's move along with uh, the Giants and the Cardinals. Logan Webb and Jordan Hicks. So Logan Webb, yeah, uh, I really like Logan Webb. I like what he's capable of doing. He's had a couple of rough starts in a row, no question. He's probably a buy-low candidate at the moment. If he is someone who is sitting on waivers, and I don't think it'll be in many leagues, but he's someone who should be, who should be on teams. Uh, he's not someone who I think should be on uh, waivers. And he's pretty highly rostered, but there have been a couple of rough starts in a row, and he was dropped in some cases. Not a lot of cases. He's still up in the 90s for roster percentage. But he was dropped in some cases because he's had a couple of rough starts in a row. So he shouldn't be on any waiver wires. I'm very confident in Logan Webb. Yes, the last few games, the hit numbers, 8, 11, 7 hits, 4 and runs, 3 and runs. Not great stuff, but uh, look for him to have a pretty good outing here. It's, it's a tough matchup. Again, tough matchup. 
but I, I feel pretty good using Logan Webb here. Jordan Hicks, on the other hand, not really do I feel good about him. He hasn't got stretched out beyond four in, and a third innings, and I think 68 pitches is his max for the year. He's probably not going to be able to give you enough that it's going to be worth using an add-on. Uh, he might go four innings. He might even go five, but am I going to take that chance heading into the weekend, especially if I have limited moves left for the week? Absolutely not. He might go three innings and give up a couple of runs, and that's it. Like They don't have they have a very short rope with him. He does not get the benefit of the doubt a lot of the times. And maybe they're just trying to, I don't know, stretch him out very slowly. I don't know. But he's thrown 16 innings across four starts. Uh, and that comes with a couple of relief appearances earlier on as well. So overall, he's not really going to be worth it just because he's not going to go long enough uh, in the outing that he's going to really qualify for a win or anything. I'm not I'm not using an ad on him personally. And I don't really recommend it outside of deep leagues. And even in deep leagues, uh, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. So it's kind of tough to, to say with any degree of certainty that he's worth using an add-on. And I like Jordan Hicks. I wish that they would give him uh, – I, like, I wish they would stretch him out a little bit more. But we are, uh, we are held hostage by the managers here a little bit in their decision-making. So until he gets uh, stretched out a bit more, I don't think you can really recommend uh, picking him up and using an add-on him. Let's move on to the Royals and the Rockies here. We have Kyle Freeland and Zach Grinke. Grinke has been excellent despite his uh, ineptitude. I guess that's kind of mean of me, but he's not able to strike guys out anymore. He just can't do it. Uh, he's topped out at four strikeouts on the year. And, you know, that's that's really not great, obviously. He's really helps you in your ratios. Uh, the ERA, 2.67. The whip, pretty good. 1.1. Those strikeouts are going to hurt you for sure. But I do feel like he is worth uh, a roster spot. That that it might be just me. Uh, I don't think it's just me. I think it depends on who you talk to. But I think he's worth rostering. I think he's worth holding in standard leagues just for the fact of the low ratios. Uh, yeah, he's not going to blow you away with his stuff anymore. He's throwing like in the mid-80s, I think, maybe in the high-80s. But I'm, I'm all right with uh, with using uh, Grinky. Now, tonight might be a little bit tough uh, at Coors Field. Overall, though, I, I feel all right about it. Uh, weirdly, I feel okay about using him here tonight. Again, look at your weeks. I know this is this is a standard piece of advice. I might put this up on Twitter or whatever. All your decisions at this point of the week depend. And now the hitting side is different. You kind of just send your batters out there, and that's that. Unless you have a guy who's a real massive drain on your batting average, and you sit them over the weekend because you're in a tight matchup for batting average, it happens. Most of the time, you're going to send your batters out there regardless. The pitching is where you have to be a lot more careful. So, yeah, I think Grinky will do fine tonight. Uh, if you're strictly looking for strikeouts, is that if that's the only category you need, then Grinky is clearly not your guy. If you need maybe a little bit of a boost in ERA, yes, it is a bit risky in Colorado, but I'd feel pretty okay about uh, using Zach. Kyle Freeland, on the other hand, I'm not buying it. A couple of good starts in a row, sure, but... I'm not buying that this is who he is. And yeah, the Rockies gave him a contract. They threw some money at him. And he's actually been not too bad in those last couple of starts. Those last couple of starts have come against Cincinnati and Arizona. So uh, am I buying it? All right now, I'm not. Uh, yes, it's not a great team in Kansas City coming into town. It's a fairly poor team. But overall here, Kyle Freeland, uh, for me, is going to be a pass. I'm not too interested in using him here. Uh, the Angels and the Athletics, I don't know that we've had starters announced here. Uh, Dalton, 
uh, excuse me, Dalton Jeffries will be starting for the Athletics. I don't think we have had an announcement from the Angels. Um, if you bear with me for one second, I'll try and find out. Because uh, before the game, I, or before the game, before I started recording, I did not see that they had a starter. So Chase Silseth will make his major league debut. Uh, he's been pitching in Double A this season. That's a little bit of a risk, I would say, uh, coming up from Double A. Yes, we saw Kirby have some success this week, jumping from Double A to the majors, but he is a, a top prospect. So. Um, what we've seen from Silseth has been good stuff to this point in, in, uh, double A 1.73 ERA over his five starts, um, pretty good strikeout numbers, but his, his career in the minors to me so far suggests, uh, it's not really worth using an add on here. So he's not going to be someone we're really recommending. We don't really ever recommend rookies in their first starts. I mean, a guy like Kirby, we, you kind of have to because of the hype around him. If you get burned, you get burned. But the, the potential is so obvious that you kind of have to take a chance. It was kind of like last year with me on Nate Pearson uh, when he came up for the Jays. I added him because the potential is there. And he went into uh, Houston and he got rocked around. And then later on in the year, that made me hesitant, and I didn't pick up Alec Manoa because I was worried that we rushed him and it was going to be more of a Nate Pearson thing. So it just goes to show you, you don't really ever know what you're going to get with rookies coming up. I don't love the fact that he's skipping AAA here. I'm going to be staying away. Uh, Dalton Jeffries also going to be staying away from here. He started out uh, pretty promising to the season. He had a couple of very good starts, and the last three outings have been fairly poor. So we're going to be passing on Dalton Jeffries here. A couple more games to go over now. We have uh, Drew Smiley and Zach Davies. That will be the starting pitching matchup for the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. Smiley, he's all right to use. He's an all right option here. Uh, I don't think he's one of the better options available, but I think he's fine. I think he's uh, a decent option because you're playing in Arizona. You got a big ballpark there. And Arizona is not a particularly great team this year. So, yeah, they've had very good pitching, but overall on the hitting side, I'm not totally sold. Smiley's an all right ad. He's, he's a fine ad to use today. Uh, Zach Davies on the other side, I think is actually a really intriguing ad. I like what the advanced numbers are telling me so far. Uh, the expected ERA is about where the ERA is. He's walking too many batters. That's that's one issue that he has. He walks too many batters. But we have uh, a fairly solid matchup here against the Cubs at home. And I think he's an all right ad depending on your needs for the week. As always, uh, that might just be... Uh, we're going to put that somewhere online, whether it be in the description or the title or maybe on Twitter somewhere. But always, always, always be aware of your categories even if you have, you know, you might have Corbin Burns. If your ERA is at like 0.27 or if you had a ridiculous week and you just had great outings, you don't need to use them. It really depends. It, you, might, you might be your first round pick, but you don't need to use them necessarily. It might be his only start of the week and you just pass. It, it, it can work like that with pitching and you might feel weird about it. You say, no, I drafted him in the first round. I have to use him here. Uh, it's Corbin Burns. It's Garrett Cole. It's whoever. There's never a situation with a pitcher where you have to use them without looking at your categories. You have to look and see what your ERA is. what, How many wins do you have? Saves are a little bit different because it's one position that's going to be getting you saves for the most part other than the odd random one. So that one's a little bit harder to predict. But you can control things to some degree like your whip, like your strikeouts, like your ERA. So you have to be very aware before you set your lineups how you're doing for the week. So... 
always, 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 always know where your categories are before you put in any pitcher, before you stream any pitcher. Project roughly what the guy's going to give you. You can look at sites. There's certain sites that try and project on any given day what a pitcher will do, what a player will do. You can try and use those things to try and factor it into your decision. If you need eight strikeouts, this guy's projected to have two strikeouts today. So maybe he's not the greatest play. Like a Zach Greinke, like yesterday with a Connor Overton, um, like a Taiwan Walker. So you really have to know the players that you're adding, know their profiles before you make your pickups and before you put them in your lineups. That is something that I will go back to throughout the year because I think it is the most one of the most important pieces of successfully completing weeks, especially in head-to-head matchups. Roto is a little bit different because you work on the whole season, the basis of the whole season. So any individual week doesn't necessarily hurt you like it would um, in, a, in a head-to-head league, especially there are some leagues where a lot of leagues count individual categories. A lot of leagues will count you won – Batting average this week, steals, wins, and saves. So you get four wins. You lost the other categories. So let's say you went four and six. So that's what the standings would show. You were four and six. Let's say it's week one. There are some leagues, which is more of a basketball format, but this does work also in baseball in some cases. You just have to win the majority of the categories in the league, and then it's a one-win basis. So there's some leagues where you have to win 5-4 or 6-4 or what have you, and then you get credited with one win for the week. Those leagues, you can really screw yourself with one category. With one start, you can lose the entire week. It's a little bit different where they count every single category. Okay, we'll start a, an iffy pitcher today. I know I'm winning my five pitching or my five hitting categories and I'm getting saves already. So regardless, I'm doing well here. I'm winning six categories. I'm going to send them out there. If you are risking your entire win for the week, if it's just one win, you got to be you got to be cautious with that. Those are precious, uh, and you know it all really just goes into your format and how it is you choose to play fantasy baseball. There are myriad different ways to play fantasy baseball, and it really you have to know your format to make informed decisions. Let's move on here. We have one more game for the night, and it is a good one, good matchup here. Phillies and Dodgers not starting till 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time. We have Kyle Gibson and Clayton Kershaw. Gibson is going to be a pass for me here. Yeah, the numbers have been pretty good, but I just road matchups against the Dodgers very much scare me. So for the most part, and yes, I'll harp on it one more time. Look at your categories, see what you need. If you think he can help you win your week, then by all means, go ahead. On the whole, I'm going to be staying away from Kyle because I don't think he's going to give you too much today that's going to help you move the needle in your week. Clayton Kershaw, uh, yeah. We're, we're going to start Clayton Kershaw. He's been more old Clayton Kershaw. And we talked about earlier strikeout-to-walk numbers. He's got 32 strikeouts and three walks. The ERA is 1.8. The whip is 0.73. We love what we've seen from him. And I put out a poll on Twitter maybe last week about, is he the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time? And you guys, overwhelmingly, I think it was 60-some-odd, 70-some-odd percent, said yes, he is the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time. And he's back to that old classic Kershaw form here. So love what we're seeing. He's an absolute must start in every in every situation until further notice. And of course, check your matchups. If you don't need him, don't start. He's a must start in general. That's the general rule. If you don't need him, if you've won your pitching categories, don't be stupid. Don't risk it. Philadelphia can go off. They can hit a lot of home runs. There's a lot of swing and miss, but there's also a lot of swing and barrel in that lineup. Castellanos, Schwarber. Yes, we do have the Bryce Harper stuff with his uh, UCL tear. He's still going to be in the lineup, but something to keep an eye on anyway. A lot of power in that lineup. So if you 
don't necessarily need to start him, then you don't have to. It'd be totally all right. Um, you're probably going to be starting him, but be aware of who you have starting this weekend after him as well. That is the look ahead. I think we have every team playing today, typically how it works on a Friday. Now we are going to go ahead and look into the waiver wire. So we've already talked about a couple of the guys who have been added in quite a few leagues. Uh, Dane Dunning, um, Kyle Freeland we touched on, Zach Davies, Jordan Lyles. A couple of guys I didn't touch on before and we'll touch on now. So Brooks Raley has been added quite a bit. He's got a couple of saves recently and he's had four or five good appearances out of the pen in a row for Tampa Bay. Now, they are definitely a team, probably the hardest team in baseball to predict their course of action going forward in terms of anything, in terms of who they're going to trade and keep, who they're going to start on a given night, how their def- how their defense is going to line up. There's a lot of variables that go into the Rays and their planning. That being said, I don't, I mean, that being said, it's kind of segues into my point here. You can't really plan on adding Brooks Raley and saying he's going to get me a ton of saves and wins and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Andrew Kitteridge is still the preferred reliever in that pen, I would imagine. Who knows exactly what goes on in Kevin Cash's head. But you'd have to think that Kitteridge is still the preferred option there. He's still my preferred option. Um, Obviously, they don't give a shit what I have to say. Sorry, kids, if you're listening there. Uh, They don't care what I have to say. Kitteridge is still the better option. Rayleigh's gotten some saves recently. So an interesting watch. Uh, an interesting watch guy. But overall, I'm not too interested here. I don't think it's worth using an add-on. Clay Holmes is a reliever in a, kind of a similar situation there. But I think he has more of an avenue to uh, to serious playing time. To serious um, high leverage relief appearances. So We've had 16 in the third innings from Clay Holmes this season. Four wins, two saves, 16 strikeouts, a .55 ERA, and a .73 whip. He is the 20th ranked player in fantasy to this point in the season based on the total value that he's provided to this point in the season. Not on a per-game basis, but the total value he's provided. There are only 19 guys who have given you more value than Clay Holmes. Is that too high for him? Absolutely. Absolutely. You are not going to see him be the 20th ranked player for the whole season. Can he give you a good combination of wins and saves? Can he win 10 games and save 10 games? Yeah, especially with having already won four. He can be a top 100 guy based on that alone, especially if he keeps the ERA and the whip down. Ratios are obviously very important for overall standings, but wins are a massive stat because they're kind of hard to come by, especially for starting pitchers. They don't always go five innings anymore, so a lot more wins do tend to go to the bullpen than they used to. And you're seeing that with a guy like Clay Holmes here. Another major factor is that Aroldis Chapman is a huge wild card. Uh, he's been pretty good this year, but we don't really know what he's going to give you down the stretch. He's prone to horrible stretches. He's prone to times where he'll go out there for the whole week and he'll blow three saves in a row. In that kind of case, they have Clay Holmes waiting in the wings here. A couple of saves already. They trust him in high leverage situations. I'd be very fine with using an add on Clay. I think he's a really good option. Today, not not so much today, but going forward anyway, I think he's a really good option, uh, especially if you're in a mixed league, if you're in a deeper league, or sorry, especially if you're in an AL league, uh, great option. But even in mixed leagues, I think he's a fantastic option. If saves plus holds leagues, fantastic. Like pretty much across the board, he's looking like a really good option right now. You could probably drop one of your fringier relievers. Maybe even it's Tanner Rainey, I'm going to say. Like, 
he just doesn't get any save opportunities. It just doesn't happen. He is the closer, I think. Who the hell even really knows? Uh, they haven't had a save opportunity in weeks. So I'd be all right making that switch um, in that kind of case, even though you're trading a closer for someone who's not technically a closer. Uh, I'd be okay in that kind of situation to make that move there. Uh, we talked about the, the majority of the guys here who have been added. Uh, it's mostly starting pitchers for today. That's mainly what you're going to see, and you'll see if you follow my Twitter, the ads drops the most added players. Uh, we're mostly talking about starting pitchers. Now, obviously, if there's a big performance like Josh Naylor had uh, the other night, then a lot of people are going to flock to add him. You know, a couple of home runs from a random nobody, people are going to go and add him. Most of the time, we're going to be looking at pitchers here. And it's no different today in terms of the ads. And even in terms of the drops, we have guys being dropped who performed yesterday. So Josh Winder, uh, I, I missed on this one. Really disappointing for me. Uh, he gave up four runs. Only three of them were earned, but he took the loss over three and two-thirds against the Twins yesterday. Uh, sorry, against the Astros yesterday. It's tough. Uh, I'm still I'm still holding on faith here. Yes, it was a tough matchup. Next time out, he gets the Athletics. So I feel a lot better about him there. I would probably hold on and see how he does his next time out. Uh, James Caprellian was my preferred stream yesterday, and he was pretty good. Uh, we didn't really talk about him earlier too much. He went five innings. He was fine. He only got one strikeout, which is a, a little rough, but he was all right. He's someone who is, he's okay. He's kind of, eh, he's fine. He's not uh, a priority ad by any means, but he's fine. Last year, he pitched to a four ERA, had eight wins. Uh, strikeouts were just about even with the innings pitched. He was a he was a serviceable option last year. Nothing really to write home about. Uh, Ryan Pepiot, I think it's Pepiot, maybe it's Pepio. Uh, he's been optioned back to AAA uh, after a, an all right start where he struggled with control a little bit, but still didn't give up any runs over three innings, which is which is nice. You know, it's nothing great. The whip was two because of the uh, because of the walks. So he's been sent back down. He's someone you can go ahead and drop. No problems there. Uh, mostly other guys being dropped are also pitchers from yesterday. So that will pretty much wrap up our show for today, guys. And that will wrap up our week. And this has been eight weeks, two full official months of the show, 40 episodes, uh, technically 43, because we have a couple of demo episodes still up on uh, on wherever you get your, your shows. They're still up there. Went back and listened to a couple of them yesterday, and they were pretty rough. Uh <laughs> For those of you who stuck with me through those first couple of shows where the audio was just really terrible and I didn't have any confidence, thank you for that. Uh, definitely now feeling more confident um, in front of the camera, in front of the camera, in front of the microphone, and maybe in front of the camera one day. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get to video one day. For now, we're just audio, and we're definitely getting better than we were at the beginning. Uh, I started off, I was, I was pretty embarrassed yesterday listening back, and it was only a couple months ago, but we've definitely made some strides in these last couple of months. So thank you for those of you who have <clears throat> stuck with me, for those of you who have found me along the way. I really appreciate all the support. Eight full weeks, it's gone by really quickly, and, you know, the season does go by quickly with games every day. You kind of lose track of it after a while. I feel like baseball goes by quicker than basketball and hockey and football because you don't have games every day for those teams when I, when the, and despite baseball being the longest season game-wise, it does feel like it goes by the fastest for me. So this is blowing blowing by already this season. We're already almost two months into the season. Oh, a month and a half, I guess. It uh, feels, feels longer than it has been. But anyway, thank you guys so much for finding me, sticking with me, uh, giving me a bit of time here to get on my feet in terms of my style, in terms of my recording. And I do have a new uh, microphone coming in, should be coming in this weekend, so Hopefully the audio will just keep getting better and better as we go on here. 
Also be bringing you a guest. Should be Monday morning. I'll keep it a surprise. Maybe we'll tell you on Twitter who it'll be over the weekend. But massive, massive baseball guy, uh, fantasy baseball industry name, who you guys should all know, I assume, if you're active in the fantasy community. One of my favorite people anyway. So I won't hype it up any more than that. You will see on Monday, if not before, uh, who the guest is going to be. So give you the handles here one more time before we sign off. Joe Orico 99 on Twitter. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O 99. Hit me up there for shows, threads, links. You name it, we got it. All the good stuff to do with fantasy baseball. Also, go ahead and give Ethos Fantasy BB a follow. It's where we're going to be hopefully getting some more fantasy baseball content throughout the season. And also, if I'm late in posting the show one day or in retweeting the show one day, you'll get it right when it goes out on the Ethos BB platform. There's occasionally an uh, maybe a five-minute delay from when the tweet goes up with the link there to when that link is actually available on the podcasting app. There can be a few minutes of a delay sometimes. So if you click it and it's not there yet for the day, uh, bear with it for a few minutes and it should be there soon. Guys, uh, hit me up on Twitter over the weekend for any questions, comments, sit-start questions, trades, whatever. Um, DMs are always open when there's no shows. Unfortunately, over the weekend, that's the only way you'll be able to uh, get some content out of me. So hit me up there. Any questions, comments, concerns, feedback. If you'd like to see something in the show that you haven't so far, I'm open to all suggestions. So guys, thank you very much for being with us, and we'll see you on Monday. Cheers. Cheers.